Philippians 1, verse 25. It says, And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Now, when I got to that part, I had a quickening about that part. Joy of faith. Everybody say, joy of faith. Joy. Say it again. Think about it. Joy of faith. The joy of faith. And so that's the title of my message this morning. The joy of faith. Amen. It's obvious that, that there is such a thing as the joy of faith. The Bible talks about it right here. He, he talks about them having the joy of faith. And over in Romans, the 15th chapter, you'll notice this, that he brings up this, this subject maybe with a little bit different wording. Romans, chapter 15, and this is a, a verse that I use frequently. Romans 15, 13, 15, 13, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The God of hope fill you with all what? Joy and peace in believing. Now, this is another way of mentioning the joy of faith because he talks about being in believing. Well, if you're in believing, then you're in faith. And he says, if you're in faith, then the God of hope will fill you with joy and peace. Now, you remember that the Bible says over in 1 John uh, 5 that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Remember that? So this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The thing that's going to cause you to overcome, I don't care what it is, I don't care if it's a physical attack on your body, I don't care if it's an emotional attack, it's a mental attack of depression or oppression against your mind and soulical realm. I don't care if it's an attack against your marriage. I don't care if it's an attack against your, your children, if it's an attack against your business. I don't care what it is. The thing that's going to enable you to overcome and be victorious is your faith. Is your faith. Your faith is the determining factor. So many times people want to say, well, it's just God's will. Well, no, that's not what the Bible teaches. Your faith is the factor. So many things God has already established as his will. It's established, it's revealed in the word of God, but then you have to mix faith with what he said. You have to believe in his revealed will. You know, when the little woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd and touched Jesus' clothes, and Jesus stopped and said, somebody touch me. And finally she stood up and told him what she did. He looked at her and he said, daughter, be of good comfort or be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. See, comfort and cheer, peace and joy and faith, your faith made you whole. Now, see, he could have said a lot of things. If some theologians or preachers have been writing that, they'd have tried to say, well, uh, daughter, be of good comfort. God and his sovereignty has chosen to heal you. That's not what Jesus said. Uh, they could have said, uh, daughter, be of good comfort. Uh, the power of God has made you whole. The power. But that's not what he emphasized. He could have said, daughter, be of good comfort. My faith has delivered you. That's not what he said. What did he say? Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith. Your faith has made you whole. 
Well, praise God, if her faith would make her whole, your faith would make you whole. My faith will make you whole. My faith will make me whole, rather. I'm sorry. Your faith will make you whole. My faith will make me whole. You believe that? Somebody said, well, healing's been done away with. Different people teach. Well, you know, when the last apostle died, then those, those miracles ceased and all those things. You know, that's not for us nowadays. Well, has faith been done away with? Has faith been done away with? Well, if faith hadn't been done away with, then her faith made her whole. Then why wouldn't our faith make us whole? Thank God it will. I said, thank God it will. Your faith is the determining key to your victory in every area of life. Your faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. Understand it like this. I don't care what situation you're talking about. I don't care what kind of problem, how terrible it is, how bad it is. If you get in faith and stay in faith, you'll come out victorious. Do you believe that? I don't care what it is. doesn't make any difference what it is. If you get in faith and stay in faith, you'll come out victorious. You'll not go down. You'll not be destroyed. You will come out victorious. The Bible said this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That's what the Bible says. That's what makes the difference. Well, sometimes people, though, they, they, they're confused about faith, exactly what it is. Even folk in so-called word and faith circles many times are, are they're, they're mixed up about exactly what faith is. And how can I tell whether I'm really in faith or not? Have you ever had any kind of resemblance of those kind of thoughts come across your mind? <laughs> can, can, how can I really be sure that I'm in faith? How can I really tell that I, you know, that I'm in faith? Because this is for sure. If you get in faith and stay in faith, you will be victorious. Why don't you just say that after me? If I get in faith and stay in faith, I will be victorious. You believe that, don't you? That's a fact. That's a fact. If. But what if you don't get in faith? Or what if you get in faith and then get out? Cast your confidence away. You don't stay in faith. Well, that's why people don't receive. That's why, that's why things don't work out for folk. It's not that it wasn't God's will. It's that they didn't, they didn't believe and didn't, didn't stay in faith. Well, if faith is so important, and it is, then... Uh, how could I be sure that I'm in faith? I mean, we need to be sure we're in faith, and we need to be sure we stay in faith about things. Well, here are two characteristics that, that tell that you're in faith. Joy and peace. I say this sometimes humorously, that, you know, uh, as you're driving down life's road in your faith mobile, there are two gauges on the dashboard of your faith mobile that you need to keep a close eye on. And they are the joy gauge and the peace gauge. I mean, know that in your, in your car, your natural automobile, that there's some gauges you need to kind of watch. One of them's a fuel gauge. Isn't that right? You know, if that, if that fuel gauge gets over there by, beside the E, then you better, you better pay attention to it. Isn't that right? It gets over there hovering around that E, on the E, below the E. You, you better stop somewhere at a gas station real soon because if you just keep going with that gauge telling you that, then it won't be long. That car's going to leave you on the side of the road. 
Isn't that right? You're going to sputter to a stop. And why do I see so many people smiling about this? <laughs> it's going to sputter to a stop and you're going to be left there on the side of the road. Has that ever happened to anybody in here before? <laughs> it has me too. Uh, and the same thing is true with your faith. If, you're, if your joy gauge gets over there on E, you don't have any joy. Your peace gauge gets over there on E and you don't have any peace. Well, what do you mean if I don't have any joy? Well, you're sad. What do you mean if I don't have any peace? Well, you're upset, worried, fretful, and sad. If, if that happens, you don't have any joy, you don't have any peace, it won't be long until your faith mobile sputters to a stop and leaves you on the roadside of despair. You have to keep an eye on these gauges. We're talking particularly about this one called joy. Because really, the two, they go together. You, usually you find one, the other's, the other's accompanying it. But we need to watch our joy gauge. We need to keep a close eye on it. Because it is the telltale indicator of how you're doing in faith. If you're in faith, you have joy. If you have no joy, you're not in faith. I know that's a strong statement. But friends, search the scriptures. See if it's so or not. If you get in faith, you will have joy. No two or three ways about it. You will have joy. If you have no joy, if you are depressed and you have no joy, then you're not doing good in faith. That, that's evidence that you're doubting. It's evidence that you're wavering and, un, and in, in unbelief. Uh, let me, let me go over some things and, and just say some basic statements to you. And, th and these are worthy of meditation. And if you don't see it all to begin with, don't just throw it away. Uh, keep it and look at it. The Word gives faith. Faith gives hope. Hope gives joy. Joy gives strength. I'll say it again. And strength gives victory. The Word gives faith. Faith gives hope. Hope gives joy. Joy gives strength. And strength gives victory. Amen. Now, there's a, we could stop and teach a long time on each one of those statements. But uh, if you just take them and look at them and begin to meditate upon them, they'll help you. The Word gives faith. How many know that's true? So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17 says. That's how, that's how you get faith. Is you get a revelation of God's will through the Word. Not just the dead letter of the Word, but in, in, in reading or pondering or meditating on the Word of God, God reveals something about His will to you. It reveals what He wants in your life through the Word. And when you get a hold of that, faith rises up in your heart. Amen. Now, when faith rises up in your heart, faith gives you hope. That's a confusing statement to many charismatics. People don't, you know, they think, well, that sounds odd. I always thought, you know, that you, you have hope and then you have faith. Well, we, we use the word hope in a different way in our modern vernacular to what the Bible uses the word hope. You know the classic situation if you got somebody that came up to receive and you say, well, do you believe that you'll receive right now when I pray for you? And they say, well, I, I hope so. 
And, of course, all the charismatics go, oh, boo, that's bad, you know. No. <laughs> but really, that individual is not in hope either. They're not in hope. Even though, even though we might say, well, oh, I hope so. What we really mean by that word is, I, I want it to be that way. I wish it would be that way. I desire it. But we're not even talking about what the Bible calls hope. What the Bible calls hope, if you look up the word, the, Bible, the, the, the biblical word for hope, the Greek word, is the word that means expectancy. You're expecting something. So when you say, according to the Bible, when you say, I'm hoping, that means I'm expecting. And the reason you expect something is because you're in faith. Now, for little, some of that sounds a little new to you. Don't throw it away. Just, just look at it. Study it. Somebody says, well, I, well, you're teaching different to what brother so-and-so or so. No, 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 I'm not. It just depends on, on what you mean when you say the word hope. If you're using the word hope like the way we, we use it in our modern vernacular, or if you use the word hope uh, like it means in the Bible. Uh, I like the Berkeley translation of Hebrews 11.1. 1. It, it, it says it like this. How many know Hebrews 11.1? 1? It says, uh, what does it say? Can you help me? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word substance is a little blind in the King James. If you look it up, it's the, it's the Greek word hypostasis. It literally means a standing under, or what we'd call it today, we'd call it a foundation. That which stands under something. Well, what stands under this building? The foundation. In other words, he's saying faith is the foundation for what you hope for would be a good way of saying it. And the Berkeley translation says it like this, faith forms the solid ground for what you hope. Now again, I like to use this word expect because that's what, that's what uh, the word hope means. It means expect. Faith forms the solid ground for what you expect. So the word gives you faith. Faith gives you hope, or we could say, faith gives you expectancy. If you are in faith, you are expecting something, aren't you? You're expecting something to happen. Yeah, you believe God's heard your prayer. You believe you've already received. You believe something has already happened in the Spirit. But because you believe that, it causes you to expect something to happen in the natural. If you're in faith, you're expecting Let's say that you have financial needs. If you've asked God to supply that need and you believe according to his word that he supplies all of your needs and you call that debt paid and you call that bill paid, well, you believe something's already happened. You believe God's heard you. You believe something's already happened in your heart. But because you believe that, you are what? Expecting. You're expecting it to come in. Amen? And if you really are expecting it to come in, what does that give you? Remember the next statement? Faith gives you hope or expectancy, and hope or expectancy gives you joy. If you're really expecting something to happen, then it gives you what? Joy. Doesn't it? If you don't have joy, what does that show? You're not expecting. You're not really expecting. If you're not expecting, you're not in faith. Let's, let's take the subject of healing. 
If you've got a physical need and you play, prayed and believed that you received your healing, or you had hands laid on you, the Bible said the believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, if you believe what God said and you're in faith about it, then you are expecting your body to get better. Isn't that right? And if you're expecting your body to get better, even if it hurts right now, what will you have? Joy. Why? Because even though it hurts and even though you got problems right now, you're expecting that to change. Well, if you're sad, what does that show you're expecting? You're expecting it to stay the same or get worse, which means you're not in faith. See, being in faith or not being in faith is really more easily discerned than what some folk have thought for. Many have thought, well, you can't really tell if somebody's in faith or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot more obvious than what a lot of folk would think. And I'm summing it up in one summary statement. If you are in faith, you will have joy. Amen. You see this statement? The joy of faith. I don't know about you, but I like that. That does something for me. That helps me out. Amen. The joy of faith. Have you, have you, has anybody in here prayed recently? Ask God for anything recently. Are you, are you in faith about anything? What does that mean? It means you're expecting. You're expecting something to happen in your life. Aren't you? Well, boy, the more you get to expecting, what does it do to you? Gives you joy. Makes you excited. Amen. What if you believe that somebody had mailed you a million dollar check? It's in the mail. It's going to show up. The, 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 the mail carrier is going to put it in your box soon. They've already mailed it. Let me give you an example. Somebody just, you, you, you called somebody on the phone and you told them that you need this or that and they said, hey, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to mail you a check for that amount. Well, now you have seen no check. You have seen no money. What if you say, well, well, thank you very much. What is that? Faith? You have seen no money. You've seen no check. They just told you that they put it in the mail and they sent it to you. That's faith. You've seen nothing. Based on what they said, you believe. And because you believe, you're expecting. Isn't that right? You go by the mailbox every day. Amen. Expecting. <laughs> and because you're expecting, what happens? You have joy. You're thinking, glory to God. I mean, even though at the present time you might have bills passed due, you might have problems going on, you think, that's all right, just hold on, hold on. we got something coming. That's faith. That's expectation. And it's joy. But if after somebody had told you that they're sending you this large check in the mail and you hang up the phone and you're still depressed, what does that reveal? It reveals you didn't believe what they said. Right? And you're not expecting anything. So you're depressed. How many realize it is not alright to be depressed? To be depressed and to be sad shows you do not believe. Do you understand that? I said, if you are sad, if you are down, if you are depressed, it shows. You do not believe the word. You are not in faith. You are not expecting. And friend, if you're not in faith and you're not expecting, you won't be receiving. 
you won't be being victorious. You and I cannot afford to be sad. Because we cannot afford to doubt. Doubt and you'll do without. Believe and be glad and you'll receive. Amen. I have a little saying that we say around healing school quite a lot, and it's this. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Amen. Think about it. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad, but doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. If you're down, if you're depressed, if you're complaining, if you're sad, you are not in faith. If you're in faith, you'll be rejoicing, you'll be thanking God, you'll be glad. Now, I realize sometimes folk don't like things quite that cut and dried and black and white and simple because, you know, it doesn't leave any room for other things. But that's the way it is. I said, that's the way. Whether it's you or whether it's me, thank God this helps me. Because, you know, if I'm going along on something and I get to thinking about something, I kind of get down over a little bit. I say, hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not in faith. Because if I'm in faith, I'd have joy. I have to stir myself up. Wait a minute, why are you sad? You're sad because you don't believe anything's going to change. Stir yourself up. I want to show you a couple examples of this in the Scripture. Scripture examples stick with you. Go back with me to 1 Samuel. 1st Samuel, 1st chapter. How many remember the story of Hannah? She was Samuel's mother. You know, Hannah uh, was married to, uh, I guess, a man by the name of Elkanah. And uh, this man had two wives, which was a common thing in those days. And uh, his one wife, Penina, had children, but Hannah didn't have any children, couldn't have children for some reason. And uh, it, just, it just grieved Hannah to no end that she couldn't have children. And this other, the other wife, Penina, she, she mocked Hannah and, and, and held it over her that she had children and, and she couldn't have any. And every time they'd go up to the, the, the temple of the Lord and, and to sacrifice and to, 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 you know, have some things, and it was kind of, it was a yearly thing, it was a big time of the year, festive occasion, then Penina would, you know, would, would poke uh, at Hannah, you know, about her not having kids, and, and, and it just it grieved Hannah to no end. And the Bible said, verse 7, that they did that year after year. That when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. That is, Penina provoked Hannah. And therefore she wept, and she wouldn't eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why are you cry? Why don't you eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. And Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Let me just stop right here. She's praying. That's good, isn't it? But she's in bitterness of soul, and she's crying, and she's sad. Is she in faith? I said, is she in faith? No, she's not. Now, how many know that if you, you know, it's good to pray. 
But if you just pray and cry and cry and pray and are depressed and sad and bitter, you're not in faith. And unless you pray in faith, you won't get results. Did you realize that? Now, now I've got some other comments we'll add with that in just a moment, but keep that in mind. She was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed to the Lord and wept sore, and she vowed a vow, and she said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your handmaid, and remember me, and not forget your handmaid, but will give unto your handmaid a man-child, I'll give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. There shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. How many know you can pray and not make any audible sound? God still hear you. Sure you can. Just her lips moved, but she didn't make any sound at all. And yet God heard her prayer. We know that from things that happened later. And uh, verse 14, Eli said, how long will you be drunk? Put, put away your wine from you. See, he, how many old ministers can misjudge things sometimes too? Yeah, he's, he, said, uh, he said, she's drunk. Quit being drunk. Go sober up before you come back to the house of the Lord. No, she said, I'm not drunk. I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. Let me ask you a question. Is she in faith? Mm -mm. I mean, this is, we can understand her, her situation, but is she in faith? No. If you're depressed, are you in faith? No. Just because you pray doesn't mean you automatically get some answers because you've got to pray in faith. The Bible says when you pray, believe that you receive. Got to get in faith. And so she said, I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine hand made for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Now here we see the complaining and the grief and the sorrow and the sadness. She's not in faith, is she? But then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Now, I don't know if we understand what this meant to her. But see, Eli is the, is the head priest. And uh, the people in that day, they didn't have the, the personal communication with God like we do today. They didn't have the Spirit of God living on the inside of them. They didn't have the personal relationship like we do. And God would often speak to the people through the prophet or through the priest. And for, for, the, for the priest to say this to her is to her just like God saying it to her. You understand? And what he said to her, he said, okay, I understand. Go in peace and the God of Israel grant you your petition. Now, boy, that to her, that's just like God saying, I've heard your prayer. I'm going to give you what you asked for. And so she said, let your handmaid find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Do you see what happened here? She heard from the priest, and to her that was just like hearing from God. You see, when he said, the Lord grant you your petition, she, she said, oh, praise God. That means God's heard my prayer. I mean, the high priest has told me the Lord's granted me my petition. That's it. And so, boy, she got up. She dried her eyes. She went back. She said, set the table. Let's eat. She was happy. She was, she was, not, she was not sad about that situation from that day forward. And in just a few months, what happened? She had Samuel. 
Notice year after year they went up there. And she cried every year. And she was sad every year. And the next year she was barren again. Oh, but this year. This year. She was crying and praying like always. Praying and crying. Crying and praying. Sad and, and depressed. Oh, but when she heard the word of the Lord through the priest, she believed it. She believed it. And when she believed it, she stood up, she dried her eyes, and the Bible said she was no more sad. How many know when you get in faith, you are no more sad? Is that right? No more sad. Oh, hallelujah. Depression is of the devil. Joy is of the Lord. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The depression of the devil is your weakness. Oh, friend, we have to, we have to watch ourselves, monitor ourselves, watch our joy gauge. And if we're sad, sad and depressed, don't just let it go. Realize, I'm not in faith. And if I'm not in faith, things are not going to work out for me. I'm hindering the Lord from moving in my life. So I've got to shake this thing. And I've got to remind myself of what God said. And if what He said is true, I've got something to be glad about. Amen. And if I'm glad, I'm in faith. And if I'm in faith, and I stay in faith, I will have the victory. I will have the victory. Let's look at another situation. Over here in uh, Acts, the 16th chapter. Acts chapter 16. Very familiar portion of Scripture up through here. But in Acts 16, you know how that Paul and Silas, they uh, came to this certain place and, and they preached and it had, a, had, had, you know, at least one or two people that responded. Not, not just a landslide necessarily, but, but, but then they had this demon-possessed girl that followed them around and, and they got her delivered. But then because of that, they got in trouble and they got thrown in jail. And you know the story how that they, they put them in the stocks and they beat them. Well, you know, getting beat and getting put in the stocks and locked away in the dungeon is enough to make you lose your joy if you let it. <laughs> Isn't that right? How many know that, that it'd be very easy to be depressed? You're just trying to obey the Lord. It'd be like me, just, you know, uh, Phyllis and I just come into, the, come into Winterfield to hold a meeting. We're trying to obey the Lord. And I mean, uh, two days later, they got us in jail. We've had the stuff beat out of us, you know. We, uh, we've got lacerations on our back. Got in stocks in the middle of a stinky, musty dungeon. You think, well, I'm just trying to serve the Lord. And all this happened to me. You could get down, couldn't you? You could get depressed, couldn't you? But if you did, what would you be in? Doubt and unbelief. And if you get in unbelief and stay in unbelief, what's going to happen to you? Well, you're not going to have the victory. You're not going to overcome. You're hindering, hindering God from moving for you. And in your life? Oh, but that's not what they did, was it? Verse 25, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Now, I don't know how they started out praying. They might have started out praying, you know, I probably, I don't think so as much, but they, I mean, they might have had some of the same feelings that Hannah had when they started. You know, I mean, when you're hurting, you're hurting. And they're hurting. They're, they're, their backs are lacerated. And you, you know, when you start out, you may not always just start out full of joy, but that's the way you've got to wind up. 
Isn't that right? I mean, if you get a bad report, if you get something that jars you, something that bothers you, well, you, you, you may not be just off the bat full of joy, but you know you've got to get there. Isn't that right? So they prayed. They talked to the Lord about it. They offered their request. Well, you know, Lord, behold your servants. Help us. But they didn't just cry and beg and beg and cry and stay depressed. I mean, they prayed. They believed God heard their prayer. They said amen, and they got happy. They were no more sad, if they were sad to begin with. They began to, they prayed, and then they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and you know the story, the earthquake occurred, and God delivered them supernaturally. And not, not only that, but while they're standing there with the, with the jail door open, the, the jailer's about to kill himself, and Paul said, no, 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 don't, don't hurt yourself. We're still here. We're all in here. And, he's, and he's, he called for a light, and the Bible said he sprang in, and he said, to, what, what can I do to be saved? I mean, this made an impression on this man. He wants to know how to get saved. And, and the story goes that they went back to the man's house. They fed him. They washed their wounds. And they preached to him. And the Bible says him and all his house got saved. And they baptized him that night. Amen. But, but notice what it says. Verse 31, they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. They spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes. And they were baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them unto his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced. He did what? Rejoiced. What's the next word? Believing. Rejoiced. Believing. Rejoiced. Believing. Rejoiced, believing. When you're believing, what will you do? You rejoice. Rejoiced, believing in God with all His house. Oh, friend, Christians are to be the happiest people on the planet. Amen. They're to be, they're to be the most full of joy. It's a bad witness for a Christian to go around with a frown. It is. It's a bad witness. Believers are always glad. Doubters are always sad. Amen. Now I know that, you know, we're all believers, but how many know that believers can act like doubters? But if believers believe, they're always glad. If you're glad part of the day and sad part of the day, then what does that show? You were believing part of the day, and you were doubting part of the day. Isn't that right? If you're sad all day long, what does that show? You doubted all day long. If you're glad all day long, what does that show? It shows you were in faith all day long. What happens to people that walk in faith all day long? They walk in victory. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. Look at one final example over here in the same book of Acts. You remember these examples? In this uh, 27th chapter of Acts, next to the last chapter, 27th chapter of Acts, you know the story. Paul and the rest of the crew is on the ship. They're going to Rome. They've encountered a storm. And I mean, this, this storm has raged uh, day after day, day after day. They've thrown out the tackling of the ship. They've thrown out the cargo, and the thing still looks like it's going to sink. There's no hope. It stays dark. The wind and the waves are just beating the ship to pieces. 
It looks like just any moment they're going to sink. And the Bible says that Paul, in verse 21, that after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, and he said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. How many know that's the truth in a bunch of situations, that if you'd listened to God, you wouldn't have gotten that mess to begin with? But that's, you know, that's history now. We're in the middle of a storm. What are we going to do? I mean, even though you didn't listen to God and you got in a mess, God will still help you. Is that right? Aren't you glad? Thank God. I don't, you know, if you'd have listened, sometimes you could have avoided the, avoided the whole mess. But because you didn't, now you're in trouble. But thank God, even then, He is merciful. If we'll call on Him. And so apparently that's what Paul had been doing after long abstinence. Apparently he got somewhere in the hull of that ship and he'd been praying and seeking God. And he said, now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Verse 22. What did he, what did he want him to do? He said, I exhort you. Now, and that's hard for us to picture this. I mean, he's probably holding on to a rope to keep from getting washed off the side of the ship. They're in the middle of a hurricane. You understand? <laughs> and these sailors and these soldiers are working desperately just to stay alive. And they're at their wit's end. This storm has gone on day after day after day. And they just, I mean, there's no hope. The Bible said that all hope that they should be saved was gone. They had all lost hope. They had all lost what? What does that mean? They're not expected to live. Is that right? They have no expectation. And if you have no expectation, what, what else do you not have? Let's go over it again. The Word gives you faith. Faith gives you hope. Hope gives you joy. Joy gives you strength. Strength gives you the victory. Amen? <laughs> I realize that's a mouthful to, to, to remember at one time. But it's important. If you get a hold of those things, it'll help you. So, all hope is gone. All reason to expect to be saved is gone. And since you don't expect anything, you don't have any, you don't have any joy. Right? So they're all, they're all sad. They're all depressed. I don't want to die out in the middle of this ocean. I don't want to die out in the middle of this storm. I'm too young to die. They're all thinking thoughts like this. And Paul stands up and he says, You've got to be of good cheer. A lot of them are probably green with seasickness. <laughs> you know? They don't, you know, they're, they're worn, they're tired, they're beat to a frazzle, so to speak. And, and he says, come on, cheer up, guys, cheer up. Cheer up. Now, that's the preacher's job, you know that, don't you? <laughs> Isn't that right? Your basic message, every time you get up in front of a congregation is, come on, cheer up. Come on, get glad, come on. Why? Because get in faith. If we want God to move, we've got to get in faith. And if we're in faith, we'll be glad, we'll be cheerful, because we'll be expecting some things to happen. Amen! You get a bunch of folk, and they're sad, and they're down, and they're draggy. They're not in faith. They're not expecting, and God's not going to be able to move. Except for some rare exceptions. He said, come on, fellas. Come on. Be of good cheer, because I'm going to tell you, there shall be no loss of any man's life among you. But of the ship. We're going to lose the ship. Nothing I can do about that. But there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, 
saying, fear not, Paul, fear not. You must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given you all them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, do what? Be of good cheer. This is the recurring theme of the message, isn't it? What's Paul's message on the ship deck that day? <laughs> be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, for I believe God. Why be of good cheer? Because you believe God. Be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Be of good cheer. Why? Because I believe God. Be of good cheer. Be glad. Be happy. Why? Because I believe God. If you believe God, you'll be glad. If you're sad, you don't believe God. I've seen it again and again and again. So I deal with people, you know, on a regular basis that are sad. The doctors told them you're going to die with this disease or you're not going to live past this or whatever. And if you believe that and you expect to die and you expect to stay the same or get worse, it makes you sad. Right? If you're in that case, you're not in faith, are you? We understand it, but you're not in faith. And if you want to get results, you've got to get in faith. And so what I do is, is I, it used to not be this plain and clear to me, but I begin to try to share God's Word with people. Thank God the Bible says that the Lord wants you to live a long life. Amen. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be holy. He took your infirmities. He bore your sicknesses. By his stripes you're healed. He sent his word and healed you. There it is. It's God's will. If I share that with people and they're still sad, what do I know? They don't believe it. I don't care if they say they believe it. I know they don't. Because if they believed it, what would happen? They'd begin to get glad. If they don't begin to get glad, what do I know? They don't believe it. No two or three ways about it, they don't believe it. If you believe it, you begin to get glad. If you believe it, you go, well, 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 well yeah, it did say that. Sure did. Sure did, said God meets my needs. Yeah. No need for me to be down. God, God's always brought me through, and He'll take care of me this time. No need for me to be depressed, and they begin to cheer up. Boy, that makes me happy, because I know they're getting in faith, and I know if they get in faith, God's going to move for them. Amen. Hallelujah! Amen! Makes no difference how bad of a shape you're in right now. If you can get in faith, God can do it for you. Nothing's too hard for Him. Nothing's too big for Him. I mean, these guys are in a tough shape. There's a big storm going on. I mean, they got every reason to be depressed, to be fearful. Looks like they're going to die any moment. But Paul gets up and says, Be of good cheer. Come on, fellas. Get glad. They'll probably look at, like, look at him like, Why? We're about to die. He said, No, uh-uh. Uh -uh. God sent me one of his angels. And he told me that not a one of us were going to die. And I, for one... Believe Him. So be of good cheer, because I believe God. And you know, His preaching must have been convincing. Because look what happened later. He said, Paul besought him in verse 33, and he said, Take meat, take food. This is the fourteenth day that you've tarried and continued fasting, and you have taken nothing. Wherefore I pray you to take some meat, take some food, for this is for your health. There shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. He's reminding them of what God told them. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread, and he gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of 
good cheer. And they also took meat. Now that's amazing to me. And yet I understand it perfectly too. Can you imagine? Guys that have been in a storm, in a hurricane, and they have a little party on the deck. How they're eating, I don't understand. You know, but they, some way or another, they got some food together. Maybe they tied themselves to the side of the rope while they're trying to cook. To tie the side of the ship while they're try, trying, trying to cook, you know. I don't know. But, but, but they got it. And then they all sit around and they smile and they had fun. They were with good cheer. And it was like any moment they're going to drown. Paul preached that message to them. They all believed it. See, you don't act like that unless you believe. And they all got in good cheer. They got glad. They got glad. You know what happened too, don't you? Ship went down, but not a one of them drowned. Every one of them made it safe to the island. God kept his word because they believed it. How do we know they believed it? Because they got glad. Amen? Amen. Oh, thank God, friend. The Word of God is true. It's faithful. It's dependable. What God told you He would do, He would do. And if you believe it, it'll make you glad. It'll make you happy. Amen. In closing, look, look at First Peter, the first chapter. I like the way Peter says it. just kind of sums it up. Did you ever wonder why God says that He loves a cheerful giver? Hmm? <laughs> Did you ever think about that? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And unless you give in faith, you cannot please God with your giving. I don't care what amount you give, you cannot please God unless you give it in faith. Did you know that? How many know that God's not impressed with numbers? I don't care how many zeros you could put on the end of your number, that is, God's not going to say, Ooh, 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 look at that. <laughs> now that's a nice offering. No. Mm -mm. The amount does not impress God. You know what impresses God? The faith. The faith. God does You know, the, the, the factor that's bigger in the giving than the amount, it's the percentage. Don't you remember Jesus said when he looked at the little woman, widow woman that cast in the two mites, he said she gave more than the rich guys. Why? Because she gave all. See, it's the percentage, not the amount. But what makes even more, more, you know, difference is the faith. He said, he told us over in 2 Corinthians 9, he said, don't give grudgingly. Don't give out of necessity. See, don't give because you feel like you have to. Don't give Grudgingly. Why? Because if you give grudgingly, you're not giving in faith. And if you don't give in faith, as far as God's concerned, you didn't give. Did you hear me? I said, if you don't give in faith, as far as God's concerned, even though you did put the check in the offering plate, if you didn't give it in faith, as far as God's concerned, you didn't give. It's just dead works. Now, somebody might benefit from what you put in, but as far as God's concerned, you didn't give unless you gave in faith. How can you tell if I'm giving in faith or not? Simple. Simple. Does anybody know the answer to that question? How can you tell whether you gave in faith or not? Joy. Well, not, not, not when the offering plate comes around and your hand doesn't want to turn loose of the check. You know, that's a bad sign. 
<laughs> I tell people, you know, if, if I take up offerings in situations, I tell people, if you don't want to give, you don't feel like giving today, don't give. Don't. Why? Somebody said, well, you, don't, you shouldn't say that. You won't get much. Hey, if you if you give grudgingly and you you just give in dead works, you won't be blessed. If you're afraid to turn loose of that, you better keep it because you're going to need it. Amen. I tell people, if you don't want to give, don't. Don't. It's not, just, just give it. Some people have left the idea that if we could just get people by the feet and just shake the money out of them into the offering plate, they'd be blessed. No. No. The, another translation says, don't give under compulsion. Don't give. And I like this one. One said, don't give sorrowfully. I mean, some people, you know, when it comes time to take up the offering, it looks like you're at a funeral. Well, no, it's real simple. If you can't give in joy, cheerfully, it's not going to do you any good to give. You, you, it's not going to benefit you. You see, God's not going to be able to bless you unless you give with joy. The more faith you have, the more joy you have when you give. That's why when it comes time to give, if you're really in faith, it makes you glad. You go, glory to God. Why do you have joy? Because of believing God's Word and because of expectancy. Because you know if you sow, God's going to multiply your seed sown. Amen. And you're going to receive manifold back and He's going to bless you in all kind of ways because you do. If you're sad, it shows you don't believe the Word of God. You're thinking, bye-bye. <laughs> Boy, I could sure use that for something else. See, doubt. You don't believe the Word. Said so you don't believe the Word. Oh, but friend, when you have faith, you expect the fulfillment of God's Word when you obey Him, and because you expect it, you have joy. Makes you glad. You don't feel remorse or regret. You think, glory to God. I've got seed in the ground. I'm expecting a harvest. Amen. Makes you glad. Look at this verse here in 1 Peter in closing. 1 Peter 1, verse 8. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, Whom having not seen, ye love. See, most of us have never seen the Lord Jesus. But do you love Him? In whom, though now you see Him not, yet believing, you do what? You rejoice. With joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now every Pentecostal knows that. Amen. We used to sing that by, by the minute, you know. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. The half has never yet been told. Why you got joy? Why you got joy? Because you believe. You believe. Though you have not seen Him, and actually the word him there is italicized, and it is talking about him, but it literally just says, though you see not, yet believing you rejoice. Now see, that's the whole principle we've been talking about in it. Though you don't see it, though you don't feel it, yet believing you rejoice. No, I don't see my healing yet, but I believe I've received, and so it makes me glad I'm rejoicing. No, I don't see the money yet, but I believe I've received, and I rejoice. Makes me glad. It's mine. It's going to show up. I'm expected. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. 
even the salvation of your souls. I like what the Word says concerning Jesus. The Bible says, consider Him, looking unto Him, the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen? Look to Him. Consider Him, who for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. Amen? He suffered the cross. He suffered death. And He despised the shame. Amen? Why? The joy that was set before. See, coming back to this thought, and you'll see this principle. How did Jesus go through that hardness? How did He go through that hard place? Well, He had faith. He had faith in the words that the Father had given Him. The Father had told Him, you have power to lay down your life, you have power to raise it up again. The prophecies were all through the Word of God, three days and nights, and then He'll raise from the dead. He believed that Word. Jesus died in faith expecting to be raised again. Amen, He did. And, and, and because He did, even though they, while they were driving the nails in His hand, while they were putting the cross into place in the ground, he, he could look beyond that. Though tears of pain were coming down His face, He could have joy in His heart knowing how it was going to turn out. Amen. For the joy that was set before Him, that, that expectancy gave Him joy. That joy gave Him the strength to endure that terrible ordeal. What's going to get you through tough times? Same thing. You're going to believe what God told you. And you know that no matter how bad it may be right now, it's got to change. It's got to change because the Word of God tells you that He always causes you to triumph. He always gives you the victory. And no matter how bad it may be, it's got to change. And because you believe that, it gives you expectancy. And because you're expecting, it gives you joy. And because you have joy, it gives you strength. And that strength helps get you through the tough times. Amen. And you always have victory. Always triumphant. Praise God forever. Amen. You know, there are different ways to do things. And, you know, uh, we believe in laying on of hands. We believe in praying for the sick. We, we believe in prayer of agreement. We believe in all these things. But, you know, the, 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 the Lord has, has impressed upon us that we should always endeavor to act on the Word in the area that the Spirit of God is emphasizing at that time. In other words, if I'd have taught on laying on of hands today, then we'd have a laying on of hands time. But that's not what I felt like the Spirit of God is saying to us today. I feel like He's saying, you, if, whatever your problem is, believe me. Get in faith. Expect me to do what I told you I would do. And if you expect it, it'll cause you to have joy. Amen? So whatever it is that you've needed, I want you to think about it. Get it real clear in your mind right now. Whatever it is you've prayed for, whatever it is you've asked the Lord for, whatever it is you need, has He told you in His Word that He'd meet that need? Has He told you that He'd take care of you? Has He told you that He would bring you through and He'd give you victory? Did He tell you that? Do you believe that? Then if you believe that, what do you expect? You expect it to happen. Amen. And if you really expect that to happen, what does it do to your heart? It makes you glad. It makes you glad. Are you glad about anything today? Are you glad? Well, hallelujah. Let's stand up. Let's praise the Lord. Let's thank Him for specific things. Thank Him. Show Him you're in faith. Lord, we thank You. Thank You. Thank You. Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe what you told me about these areas. I thank you. I thank you. I fully expect it to happen. I fully expect it to happen. I am not sad. I am not depressed. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God forever. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.